Hello, world. It's John Pinto, your roving realtor, Bon Vivant video blogger and podcaster. And I am here with Eric Seren, Assistant General Manager of Home Guard, Roof, Termite, Pool, and Home Inspection. Happy holidays, Eric. Happy holidays to you as well, John. Thank you. And Rafael Batances, Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad, guys. Very good. You, you actually speak Spanish. Is that what you're trying to show me? Yeah, that's that, that's correct. I, 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 thought that was, I, I thought that was a thing here. <laughs> it is a thing. It is a thing in the Bay Area. Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. I used to, you know, I, I grew up in a Puerto Rican neighborhood, Rafael, and I learned and I studied Spanish in high school. And then I started visiting my cousins in Naples, Italy, and I started speaking this horrible combination of mm -hmm. Brooklyn English, Neapolitan dialect Italian, and Puerto Rican Spanish. It was really ugly. So <laughs> since then, I've pretty much abandoned my Spanish, and now I just stick to Brooklyn English. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, welcome to uh, episode four on our series of the dreaded, quote-unquote, further inspections that we are used to seeing on the home inspections normally. And uh, in this video, we're going to talk about the uh, forced air furnace cracked combustion chamber. Uh, that's always very exciting for the realtors to see on the reports. Because the first thing they think of is, number one, carbon monoxide is going to go into the air and kill everybody. And or worse, the, the seller is going to have to replace the unit to the tune of 4500 bucks. Uh, so, uh, Eric, that's the perspective of the listing agent. Uh, can you enlighten us on, uh, what the inspectors are looking for in the forest air furnace? Uh, what do they observe when they call the cracked combustion chamber? Uh, what are the dangers? What are the rem remedies? What parties do the seller and the listing agent need to call? Uh, great subject, uh, and it is something that does come up. Um, and basically, just for everyone's uh, knowledge, uh, this is a forced air furnace, which we use usually on the on the west side of the nation. Um, so we're blowing hot air around the house, and how the air gets heated is the combustion chamber. Uh, so this is the part of the furnace that's separating the air that's having gases burned in it from the air that's getting heated up and being blown around the house. So if there's a crack in that foundation, or foundation in that combustion chamber. That was three videos ago, Eric. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Let me, <laughs> let me back up here a little bit. Cracks in the foundation are just as bad as cracks in the combustion chamber. That's what I'm gonna say about that subject. But um, you that's can right. actually- or, or say no to crack when the- <laughs> Plumber is climbing under the sink. That's right. Just say That's no. the worst of all cracks. <laughs> I got to agree with you there. Uh, so, so is this PG 13, Raphael? <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're good so far. All right. So, we're still so good. Right into the line, but we're good. Is this thing so, on? We're still rolling, right? <laughs> okay. You, you were t talking about or trying to talk about. Right. cracked combustion chambers 
that's right, John. Thanks for putting me right on the right track here. So the combustion chamber separates the burning gases from the warmed air. And if we see a crack there, that means that there is the possibility of the carbon monoxide mixing with the air that's being blown through the house. So a crack in a combustion chamber is a big deal, needs to be evaluated by a licensed HVAC contractor. Um, and unfortunately, you know, there, there were furnaces where you could replace the combustion chamber about, you know, $10 less than just putting a whole new furnace. You probably want to put a newer, more efficient furnace in anyway. Okay, so uh, crack combustion chamber is pretty much the death knell of the forest air furnace. Yeah, you know, and uh, let me say something to the listing agents out there. Do not turn the gas off to the furnace or turn out the pilot light to the furnace, especially if it's older, uh, because that's one of the reasons why that combustion chamber will crack. Um, it's basically a piece of metal that's being heated over and over and over again. And if it's allowed to cool down and sit in a house, it gets cold, uh, that could crack it. So leave the furnace on. Let me amplify what you're saying. Uh, you know, many times the uh, owners of the property, for whatever reason, are very anxious to turn off the utilities. Yeah. Sometimes they have a brain fart and they close, they turn off the utilities in the middle of the escrow. Yeah. Where we're trying to close the escrow and we can't do our final walkthrough because the seller has prematurely turned off the water, the gas, and the electricity. And as you mentioned, no good comes from anybody turning off the gas. Uh, right. Because at best, when the buyer or whoever has to arrange to turn it back on, uh, you do very often see that the turnoff process has precipitated a problem with the combustion chamber. Right. Uh, and um, at best, mm -hmm. um, uh, the utility company, who shall go unnamed in California because they've been maligned enough, they don't need me maligning them, will uh, answer the phone and say, oh, yes, yes, we could make it on Wednesday. Would you like that a.m. or p.m.? Right. What do you, what do you mean a.m. or p.m.? Well, we could be mm -hmm. there between 8 and 12 or between 1 and 5. Right. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You mean I need to stand here? with my finger in my ear for four hours waiting for you. So I always advise the seller, the buyer, the listing agent, the buyer's agent, instruct uh, the utility company to read the meter, but not turn off the service. Uh, yeah. So how do you feel about that, Eric? Yeah, great advice. Um, and if you think about it, the, the, the cents, the, the, the few dollars that you think you might be saving by turning off the gas, uh, and then you crack the combustion chamber. Now you're looking at a $5,000 repair. Uh, it just doesn't make economic sense either. And as you alluded to, we can't do our inspections. We don't know if the furnace works. So now as a buyer, I'm wondering, does your furnace work? I really need to know that before I buy your house. So don't turn the utilities off before we get all those inspections done. Good, good, good. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this, Eric. I haven't posed this question to anybody. Um, but when people are trying to make a decision to replace their crack combustion chamber, the forced their furnace, 
was there a year where all of a sudden the technology changed in terms of clean energy and energy consumption and uh, uh, air quality? Um, you know, was there a turning point in the technology for forced air furnaces? Yeah, there really was. Uh, in the early 70s, we were just starting to play around with a more high efficiency furnace. Uh, before that, you'd have the old octopus furnaces, um, which were cast iron, which had a standing pilot light, which was always on. Gravity uh, feed. Yeah, exactly. And those were built in an era where the stuff was meant to last for 100 years, and it was mm -hmm. fine to leave that flame burning all the time, not a big deal other than you're burning a little bit of gas uh, in the summertime. But in the 70s, we started to decide, let's be more energy efficient, uh, which meant trying to pull more of the heat out of that burning gas. So the combustion chamber started getting thinner and thinner and the flame started getting hotter. Uh, so as we were trying to solve one problem, we created another problem, which is the longevity of those furnaces just went out the window. And that lasted for about 15 years or so in through the 80s where the furnaces were no longer able to sustain that heat for a long period of time. And they're way more susceptible to uh, cracking of that combustion chamber. Okay, so we saw a transition in the 70s and problems with a uh, shorter life in the 80s. Uh, was there any time in recent memory that there was a significant uh, uptick in the technology, the efficiency, and the life of forced air furnaces? They basically kept evolving through the 90s. And then in the 2000s, uh, the uh, Energy Council pay, uh, passed different rules that basically said they had to be at a certain efficiency level um, so now you've created a situation where uh, you can't build the furnace that is more heavy duty. You have to build it out of these lighter weight materials. You have to make it more energy efficient. So eventually, uh, beginning of the 2000s, the technology that was available caught up to what we were trying to achieve back in the 70s. And typically any furnaces made from say mid 2000, you know, 05, 06 and, and forward, are going to be more energy efficient and they're also going to be less likely to to be damaged but uh, that being said any furnace that you turn off the pilot light could be damaged okay uh, so uh, final question um, so it sounds like anything built in this millennium for the most part is going to be uh, better technologically anything built in the last century not so much I'm thinking, uh, you know, a lot of furnaces, once they get to be 25, 30 years old or a little long in the tooth and ready for replacement, uh, we've thrown out some numbers. I threw out 4,500, you threw out 5,000. I'm curious, with a brand new furnace, uh, what would you say your savings would be in utility cost over, say, a 30-year-old uh, furnace? Oh, uh, I'd say you're probably going from about 60% efficiency to in the 90% efficiency rating. Um, so the money that you spend on that furnace, you're probably going to recoup that in about eight, nine, 10 years uh, with the high, with the higher efficiency rating. And it sounds to me where, like it could be in four or five years too. 
it depends. We actually have um, super high efficiency furnaces now with double combustion chambers. They reburn gases. Of course, they're going to cost a little more, but in the long run, they could save you a lot more money as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it sounds to me uh, that uh, depending upon the amount of use, one could easily save a thousand dollars a year in utility bills with a new furnace. And if you're paying five thousand dollars for the furnace, that's uh, 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 that's a tremendous uh, return. Five years. Absolutely. And you're still going to have another 15 years of life in that furnace. Uh, and it's now it's paid for itself. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So all things we wanted to know about cracked combustion chambers. And while we're talking about the horror of a cracked combustion chamber, uh, we are putting a positive spin on it by saying you're going to save money anyway when you put in a new furnace, I guess. Right. I, I guess the uh, the the word to the wise here, the phrase to the wise, on on this video is say no to crack, <laughs> crack combustion chambers, cracked foundations, and right. beware of the plumber crawling under the sink. <laughs> the three cracks to avoid, John. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. We just lost our PG rating, Raphael. <laughs> Yeah, I think that definitely crossed the line there. <laughs> uh, Raphael, if somebody wants to order a roof termite home or pool inspection, uh, how do they contact you? Absolutely. You guys can either call me or text me at 707-616-8762. Uh, that's that number there on your screen. Or you can email me at rbetansis at homeguard.com. That's, that's the right. letter rbetansis at homeguard.com. Thank you. And I do want to chastise you guys. You know, we're not supposed to have this much fun when we're on a video talking about things like crack combustion chambers and inspection reports. So right. behave yourselves. Not that Sorry I'm going about to. That. <laughs> not, that I, not that I'm going to. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you for watching, everybody. And uh, we will see you on the next video. Bye-bye.